We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. I'm going to talk about a life well lived. You're starting a series called uh, Functional Faith, and I really like that. I like practical Christianity. I think uh, Christianity is a way of living. It's it's a relation, walking in relationship with Jesus, and and so things that are practical help us to do that. And and I I like that. I'm excited for the series you're going to do, and this is sort of a maybe a foundation for it. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 23, or if you have your phones, look up Psalm 23, or, or however you do that now. In the old days, and I'm an old guy, so in the old days, you used to hear all these pages turning. You, you don't hear that anymore. So everybody go. <laughs> now, they, they said in the first service that I, I kept talking, and I moved this away because I get excited. Uh, I, I've been on this special diet, and I've got a lot more energy, so I just get excited this. So if, if I move it too far away, now listen, listen to this really carefully. If I go this far, it's no big deal. But if I go that far, everybody say, move it. All right. I like to move it, move it. I love Madagascar. It's my favorite cartoon. Anyway, so, uh, so nothing, right? Oh, I'm back here. Okay. So that way they won't yell at me and sound running sounds really tough because you got to put up with people like us. And so thank you guys for what you do. Um, so let's pray before we get started. Um, everybody lift their hands like you want to receive from the Lord. Cause uh, when we come, when we come to church, what we do is we come to, to worship God. And then we, when we give to him, then he gives back to us. All right. And so uh, just like you, God's going to put something in you, in your heart, I appreciated Pastor Lance's exhortation uh, and about their prayer time that there are people here that need hope. Actually, we all need hope. And so um, have an expectation that God's going to do something in you. He, he knows exactly where you're at. He knows your doubts, your fears, uh, your picadellos. Those are your little quirks. And we all have them. We just see them easier than other people. But he knows all about that. And he loves you the way you are. And he wants to bless you today. So let's, let's invite his presence. Lord Jesus, I pray today for these people. God, these wonderful um, people that you created, God, for you. And God, you, you've got them here. However you brought them to church, God, the, the reason they're here is because you brought them. You drew them to yourself. And God, I believe you want to minister to them. I believe you want to touch their heart and bring life to them. So God, help me as I speak to, to say things the way you want them said. And, and God, I pray that their hearts and minds would be really open to you. And God, I also pray that uh, you'd take the words that I speak and God, you'd breathe life into them and apply them to each individual heart the way they need to be. And God, you'd bring life as only you can. God, we thank you for this. We ask your anointing and blessing on this time. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. All right. Um, I, uh, we just did in our church a series on the 23rd Psalm, and I, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up in church. I got, actually got saved when I was four and a half. I, I had about a, a fairly extended backsliding season <laughs> uh, 
from my late teens until my uh, late 20s where I ran away from God. But I, I grew up around Christian stuff and I probably heard the 23rd Psalm all my life. And uh, most of us, even, even non-believers, have heard that. It's used at funerals. In fact, I had somebody come talk to me after the first service who does chaplain work, and they said he uses it all the time in, in ministry, uh, particularly with funerals. And it, it's just a comforting, blessing song. But, but when, I, when, when I've always thought about it, I, I felt that it was written, you know, David was a shepherd. And I kind of pictured him before he was king, he's a shepherd, and he's sitting on a hillside watching these wonderful sheep out there, and, and you know, the grass is green, and the river's flowing there, the brook's flowing through there. And, and then he says, oh, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lay down beside green pastures, he restores my soul. Then it's just this sweet pastoral scene that it's written in. But... I did some research as we got doing this series, and it was actually written on probably the worst day of his life, uh, through the darkest time. And uh, what, what it is, it's, um, David was the king of Israel, in case you, you, know, you don't, don't know. We have a lot of people that are new in our church and to the Lord, and they don't even know who David is. And, and so we, we make assumptions as Christian people have all this figure, and David was king. He was God's chosen. But, he, but earlier in his life, he blew it. He sinned really bad. And there was a judgment against him. When The Bible says you reap what you sow. When you repent, God forgives you and all the guilt's gone. But the consequences of what you did still can be there. Right? When you do, if you do dumb stuff, you're going to get dumb consequences. Has anybody besides me experienced that? If you speed, you'll probably get a ticket. I, I, I've been in church with guys, and, and God actually gave a testimony. God just blinded the highway patrolman's eyes. I said, I don't believe that's God that did that. I, I said, you, you're lucky you got away with it. I hope you get caught double times next time. So um, There are consequences, and, and, and because of that, it was actually prophesied this would happen. What, but what's taking place is David's son rebels against him. It's his third son. He really has this really love relationship with him, but also there's a, a broken relationship. And the son tries to take the kingdom away and actually is doing that. He, he comes in to occupy Jerusalem. And so David is running away for his life. And he's lost everything that his life has built towards because his whole life was towards him being king of Israel, and now that's being taken away. And his personal life is in great jeopardy. So it's a very serious, a horrible time. And he, his son is publicly disgracing him. And so he has this group of people that are just loyal to him. And uh, praise God for people like that. But he, they're leaving Jerusalem, walking away in just sadness and sorrow. It says they, they actually were leaving and weeping. And, and that's the context that he wrote this psalm in. So if, if, you know, Pastor talked about people that are hopeless, this psalm applies to you. It applies to all of us. It's sometimes the darkest times in our life. And, and this is what he does. And this is uh, really important. I'm going to come back to this. But David does something, what I call soul talking. And uh, it actually, through the psalms, you see this, where he speaks to his soul. Now, a little quick theology here. Uh, you, you live in a body, 
You all got bodies, all right? And, and your body just wants what it wants. <laughs> I got to be me. Anyway, <laughs> so, but, but you have a soul, which is your will and, and, and thinking process, your, your emotions, your personality, and it's all who you really are is your spirit, and that's what connects to God. And so the goal is to let your spirit control your soul. <laughs> this is a really good theology, actually, right here. And but the problem is, a lot of times, our body controls our soul. Somebody say a real weak amen. Amen? <laughs> All right. So what David would do in times of despair or just times of need, he would speak to his soul from his spirit. And that would encourage or strengthen him. And so that's what he's doing at this time. So I want you to get the picture. He's leaving Jerusalem. Terrible, terrible time. He says, and he says to his, his soul, he speaks to his soul, he says, the Lord. I, I live in an area that doesn't have streetlights. And you go out at night and, and it looks, it, we're, we're in Great Falls. It has tends to have a little clearer skies than you guys have. But, but you see this, uh, looks like a, a band of cloud across the sky. That's the Milky Way. That's our galaxy that we're a part of. It has billions of stars in it, and there are billions of galaxies, okay? He made all that and holds it all together. He didn't just find it. He made it. That's the Lord. David says, that's the Lord. It, actually, the words use Yahweh, the big word, <laughs> the word they didn't even say. He says, that's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I, I'm not going to want. Now, when he says not want, he's talking about I, I'm, I'm going to have all that. I, in fact, one translation says I have all that I need. It doesn't mean you're never going to want anything. I mean, I want a, I want a new pickup truck. I'm probably not going to get that. All right. but I, and I don't need it either. But my, I, I will never be in lack because the Lord is my shepherd and he's going to lead me besides still waters. He's going to, uh, he's going to, uh, whatever else it says. <laughs> and he, he's, he restores my soul. He says, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which is exactly what's happening to him then, he said, I, I don't fear any evil. Your rod and your staff, and man, there's a whole sermon in that. They, they comfort me, they take care of me. He said, You, and this is really cool. He said, You prepare a table for me in, in the presence of my enemies. And what, what, what they would do in those times, if they really wanted to honor somebody, they'd take and have a feast and invite them to, it and then make the people that had given them a hard time come and watch the feast. <laughs> this is my boy. See? He said, you do that for me. He said, uh, he said uh, you anoint my head with oil. He said, my cup overflows. And th then in response to that, and this is what I want to talk about today, he says, surely goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. Uh, that's actually my first point. Good. He said, all these things that God does, he said, all my life, goodness and mercy now, he's not feeling, and I want you to get this, he's not feeling goodness and mercy right then. He's feeling scared 
He's actually hungry. He doesn't know. And, and by the way, right after that, God will send a little Italian to feed him. The guy's name is Barzelli. <laughs> and he does. He comes with, with camels, with, with, you know, raisins and honey cakes and all that other good Jewish food. But <laughs> anyway, but actually does it twice. So he takes care of him, but he says, goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life, and now I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, so point number one is simply this, that David realized that even in this depth of despair that all of his life, goodness and mercy will follow him. Let me read you a, a scripture. How am I doing with the microphone? Am I doing okay? I'm scared to death to move it. That's so sick. Thank you. All right, let's go. All right, so he says, uh, Isaiah 41, he says, I, looked, took, I took you. This is God speaking to us. I took you from the ends of the earth, from the farthest corners I've called you. I said, you're my servant. I've chosen you and not rejected you. So don't fear, for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 90, verse 1 and 2. It said, Lord, through all generations, you've been our, God, our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world from beginning to end, you're God. One of the, this last year, uh, last uh, September, actually about a year ago, I, Cindy and I transitioned out as the leaders of our church. I was a senior pastor, actually the founding pastor and we felt, we clearly felt it was God, it was time, and we passed the church on to a younger generation of leaders. And, and we were happy about it. But the six months preceding it, as we had to share with each group what we had done and what we transitioned, it was really emotional. And, and some people thought, you know, like I was really sad about leaving. I, I wasn't. I really believed it was the Lord. And I was actually excited for, for the future and what God would do. But what it was, I, I, when I looked back and I saw how faithful God had been all those years, I, I, I don't have time to get into it, but Cindy and I were actually really broken when God got a hold of us. And, and you know, I, I, I kid, we, we met at the University of Montana. She was a cheerleader and I was a hippie. And uh, I was a philosophy major. She was a dancer. And God put us together. But we, were, we had a lot of brokenness in us. And God restored us and, and still does restore us. We're still a little bit broken, by the way. Don't, we, until we get to heaven, that's the way it is. But God, in spite of us, really, built this amazing church and did this just incredible things. What he did was he gave us people like you set in today to help us where we needed help. And so I, I look back on all these years, and, and there were times it was really hard there are also times of great joy. I mean, I loved being a pastor. I'm, I'm still a pastor, but I love doing that. I love, I love my church. Every time I preach there, I just preached there last week, and every time I preach there, I get excited. I, I, I love those people. But there were times when it felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest. There were times when we wept. There were hard times. Through all of it, through all of it, all my life, you, you've been my home, Lord. I, one, one of the, uh, actually, where I came for that last year, I, I felt like God told me to read through the Psalms in my devotion. So I would read five chapters in addition to my other reading 
of Psalms, and, and this one jump out at me, Psalm 90. Every month I'd read through the I'd go through the whole Psalms, and, and I, God, from, from beginning to end, you've always been my home. What, I, I had years of backsliding, but what, what it was, I was lonely. I was homesick during that time. I didn't know that. I just, you know, I, I started out, I just wanted to be like other people and party and have fun, and, but inside I was empty because I'd left my home. My home was Jesus. And when I came back, it was so satisfying. And I've, I've, I've lived a life where God has been my God all those years. He's faithful. All my life, goodness and mercy have followed me. David's remembering that. He said, God, all my life, even when I failed miserably, you, you sent people to speak into my life and get me back on track. God, you, you, you've always been my shepherd. You've been my home. You've been my place. Goodness and mercy had followed me all the days of my life. I, just capture that in your heart. Now, point number two, and this is really what I want to leave you with today. Point number two is this, that because of that, goodness and mercy should follow me everywhere I go. There's really, one of the things I love about Scripture, there's actually often double applications of Scripture. And so, everywhere I go, I should leave goodness and mercy. If, if you work in an office, your office should be better because you work there. I, I, in, in preparation for the series, I read a book uh, called uh, uh, Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm by Philip Keller. And he says this in the book. He says, I, I grew up in Montana, or at least most of my growing up years were in Montana. And, and uh, I, I'm, I've, I love Westerns. I love Western movies, and I'm a John Wayne fan. All, but, but sheep herders were always the bad guys. You know, they'd come in them stupid sheep and they'd mess up the land, kill all the grass, and, and run off the cattle. We need to go kill a few of them. Well, that's actually not true. And one of the things he said, and Philip Keller was a pastor, but he was also a world-class shepherd and a scientist and a bunch of other things. But he, he said wherever, if sheep are well-managed, and that's the key, he said they actually improve the land. Uh, and for one thing, a, a good shepherd moves his flock constantly to, so they don't overgraze the land. And if they do that properly, it, they, they crop the land close so they kill the weeds. And the other thing, uh, sheep, sheep poop is the best. <laughs> I bet you never heard that in church before. Um, it actually is the most nutrient filled of all. <laughs> I just feel silly telling this, but it, it actually is the most nutrient of all manures. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and, and so if, they're, if it's done right, it actually restores broken land. It can, and, and he used examples that he had seen and that he'd actually had in his own, where the, the land came back and was really prosperous because of, of having sheep there. Here, here's my point. God designed us to bring life to things. Let me, let me read you a couple of scriptures. Um, Matthew uh, 5.13, this is from the Message Bible, says, let me tell you why you're here. How many want to know why you're here? Okay. 
You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Isn't that good? Has anybody here ever been on a salt-free diet? It's horrible. You know, I, 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 please don't come and, and tell me about my diet after the service. But here's, here's the thing. People, we, we convince ourselves things are good. You know, like I, I um, just recently came down with diabetes. I had to change the way I eat. And I'm glad I have. And I've enjoyed eating that way. And I've, I've lost weight. And I feel 100% better. But I, zucchini pasta is still stinking zucchini. My, my daughter made it for me and said, Dad, this is, you'll love this. No, I don't. I love pasta. <laughs> you, you, it doesn't get better because, it, you know, but you, sometimes it's good for you. And so I, I'm not, I'm, if you're on a healthy thing, do that. And I do that. I eat fruits and vegetables. I'm like a um, carnivore vegan. <laughs> if there's such a thing. I, but, I, but I don't eat pastas and stuff anymore. And, but salt makes things taste better. That's why Jesus, it preserves things. It, we're supposed to be salt of the earth. And, and if you don't have salt, you're missing something. And that's exactly what is being said in this. We should be the salt of the earth. Look at this uh, in uh, Micah 6.8. I love this. It's again what God wants. He showed you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. In the message of us, to do what's fair and just to your neighbor, be compassionate, loyal in your love. Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> I love this. And take God seriously. We're, we're, we're supposed to bring life everywhere we go. I, I've been meditating on this a lot. I thought, God, I, uh, I want to leave goodness and mercy You've given me goodness and mercy. Now, God, everywhere I go, I want to leave that. So, so let me give you three areas, all right? And, and I'll help you with this a little bit. Number one is your speech. <laughs> this, this, this may get under your skin a little bit. I, I, uh, I'm embarrassed sometimes by the things that Christians write on Facebook. Some Christians. Everybody just go, ee. I, I, want my, I want life to come out of my mouth and the things I say to people. That doesn't mean you can't, you can't speak the truth. But, but, but sometimes we, we like the part that says speak the truth and miss the part that says in love. I, there should just be a kindness and a graciousness about us. Let's, let's, uh, Colossians says this. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation, actually means your way of life, but let your conversation be gracious and attractive. I, I, want, a way, I want people to like being around me because I, not, not because I, because I represent Jesus, because I have a life. I have life. They have no hope. I have hope. And um, he says, so, and attractive, so that you have the right response for everyone. James 3.17, but the wisdom that's from above is, first of all, pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no favoritism. It's always sincere. God uh, kind of dealt with me on this. When I, when I um, 
I'm semi-retired. I'm not the senior pastor anymore. I still travel to churches and do this, and, and I preach in our church occasionally. I'm, a, I'm an elder there. But I'm not the, the leader of our church, and I'm an old man. And, and kind of want to retire, did the semi-retirement. I thought it, it sort of marked me as an old man in my mind. And, and when you're older, you can get away with things that you can't get away with when you're younger. If, if I wore purple pants and a red cardigan and an orange tie, you just say, well, he's old. <laughs> you, I mean, really. You just, you, you, know, you, you know, if I do, I mean, I just, I'm older. And so I thought, this is how I thought, I'm not the senior pastor anymore. So, you know, there's a lot of things I've had opinions about and I've felt about things. And my wife would correct me and say, she's very, she's conscious of other people much more than I am. And she would tell me to act right so that I'd be nice to people. And, and that would help me. Uh, when, when I think I look mean, I, I just, I, it just, if, like... I, and it's just that I'm thinking. I could be thinking about ice cream, and I'm going. Anyway, so we'll walk through the mall, and she'll say, Honey, you're the pastor of New City Church. People know who you are. We've been here the longest, your largest church in the city, and you just look like you're ticked off at everybody. Stop it. And so I'd go. No, I would, I would actually watch, and I wouldn't say things when I feel like saying, but I thought, Now I'm retired. I can say what I think. And, and I had some friends, some unsafe friends that I do recreation with. And, and sometimes they tick me off the, with their attitudes and the way they say it. So I started telling them that. I just said, that's stupid. Or no, I don't want that. Or whatever, you know. And uh, we started not getting along so well. We weren't having so much fun anymore. Because I, I was... I was sort of a cranky old man. It wasn't cranky. I just, I thought it was time to tell him what I thought. And then I had a little come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> and I realized God called me salt and light. He called me to bring goodness and mercy with my speech. I mean, I, I can't be too specific about this, but I actually changed the way I talked around these people. And it's amazing how much better our relationship got. I mean, one of them is a person I've prayed for for 30 years. I prayed almost daily for this person for 30 years. And I thought, God, forgive me for being a self-righteous old geezer. Help me to be a kind, goodness and mercy believer with my speech. Just communicate. You can put it in any context you want. I want to speak things that, that are attractive and bring life. And we have words of life. Amen? All right. Yeah. Number two, number two is in our actions. Uh, Matthew 5, 5 verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And the Message Bible says, Now that I put you here there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So, I'm to live a generous, open, giving life. When uh, I came down with diabetes, I, 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 mean, I went to the doctor because I was just exhausted. I was taking like four naps a day. Actually, I was up here during that time, and, 
and preached, had a hard time even getting up on the stage because now I feel like I'd run anywhere. But it, Lance and I went out to play golf. I played five holes and I had to quit. And, and there was a season where I just got really, I just had to just basically try to stay alive. And I didn't do anything at home. I, I, I read books. I read, in a month and a half, I think I read 30-some books. And I, I didn't, Cindy was doing stuff around the house. I wasn't doing anything. But then I felt better. Considerably better. I feel really good now. Best I felt probably in 10 years. But I had this habit of just doing my thing. <laughs> Again, we had a come to Jesus meeting. And he said, Bob, I called you to bring salt and life with your actions. You know what I did? I started doing the dishes. Now, that sounds really silly. and That's not a big deal. But we have eight people living in our house right now because my, my uh, daughter and her husband have moved in and with, with, with their kids. And so that's a lot of dishes. And that's hard for my wife to do that. And, and sometimes they're not quite as attentive to do that. And so I, said, I felt like God said, you do them. You know what? I actually love doing dishes. I, I have a bad back, so I sit in a chair. I have a little rolling chair. I sit there and I do the dishes while I'm sitting. And what happens is I get water all over everything. And she, Cindy talked to me the other day. She said, I think we've got a leak under the sink. I said, no, I think that's me. <laughs> but I, listen, I, I want my actions to bring goodness and mercy. Because all my life, God's brought goodness and mercy to me. All my life. God, help, my, help me just not to be selfish. And tell, and there's other ways that God has provoked me. You have to personally apply that. The, the third one is your attitude. Um, your attitude your heart. In Proverbs, uh, excuse me, not Proverbs. Uh, yeah, Proverbs uh, 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Your heart's your attitude. It's your soul. Uh, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What, here, here's what it is. You can try to have good speech, and you can try to have good actions, and you can discipline yourself to do that, but eventually whatever's in your heart's going to come out. Somebody say amen. I mean, just the way it is. What, what, what's in your heart, will, you know, all it needs is a little pressure. So I can be really sweet, and then if, I'm, if, if in my heart I'm thinking this stuff, then... So God, I have, I have changed my heart, my attitude. Let me give you two things, and we'll finish with this. Two things that will help you with that. The first is this. Cultivate a heart of gratitude. I, the older I get, the more important I see that is. Just to be grateful. Um... That's what David's doing. He's remembering how God has taken care of him. And by the way, he does that quite a bit in Scripture. And so just think, I, if you're having a bad day, sit down and write down just the different ways that God has blessed your life, the goodness in your life. Because when you're in the middle of a bad thing, we forget all that stuff. All right. And if you've got nothing else to write on your list, write, number one, I'm going to heaven. And if that doesn't move you, consider the alternative. All right. 
when I was a young pastor, I was, I was kind of honored when I was young, and people come and say, I'd say, how are you doing? Well, it's a bad day. You know, people just like to gripe. I'd say, you're going to heaven, aren't you? <laughs> and they go, yeah. My wife said, no, Bob, don't do that. <laughs> but, but you know what? I am going to heaven. Not only that, my sins are forgiven. All that guilt and shame is gone. And then there's this whole list of just amazing blessings in my life. Number two, and this is really kind of the essence, the thing that happened with David. Speak to your soul. I, I think we need to do this more. Just talk to your soul. Psalm 103, David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. That one translates, Praise the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. And then he goes on to say, and don't forget his benefits. And then he lists all the things he's grateful for. It's, it's soul talk. It's, it's, and it's, it's like you come to church. I, I've come to church and I'm just excited to worship. Actually, the last time I was up here before I preached, uh, the first Sunday I was here was the first time we'd been in a live service since March. And it was in June. And when we started worship, I started to weep. I, I was just overwhelmed how good it was. But I've also had times when I've come to church and I didn't feel like praising God at all. I did, and maybe, maybe you're just more together than I am, but I have, I've had times when I was going to preach and I always sit right about there and I'd sit down and i think, gosh, I've got such a bad attitude. God, what am I going to do? <laughs> what I do is I talk to myself, I say, bless God, oh, soul. Just bless God. Well, I don't feel like it. Bless God anyway. That's, that's really what David's doing. Learn to speak to your soul. You know what? He's my shepherd. He's the Lord. I'm not going to want. He's going to take me besides green pastures. He's going to do this. Here's what happens. Your heart changes because your spirit through the truth of the word is speaking to your soul and saying, don't act like that. Act like this. This is true. My soul can believe a lie. My spirit always has the truth. And my spirit agrees with the word of God. And so I speak to my soul. I say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. And, you know, I, I normally, particularly if I preach it several times, I'll sit through worship because of my, my knees will hurt or something. But you know what? I can sit and have passion for God. So bless God. And when, when they say, everybody stand, and I think, oh, I wish I could just stand. And I wish I would love to be able to, to, to dance and worship. You know how they hop around? <laughs> the best I can do is, is kind of bop. That's all I got. When I get to heaven, I'm going to like leap like crazy. I'm going to be. There's a. Who's that kangaroo? That's Pastor Bob. But right now I can say, soul, bless God. What happens in your heart changes, and then your speech changes, and your actions change, and everywhere you go, because goodness and mercy has followed you, now goodness and mercy follows your life. Father, you, uh, 
and you see all of our hearts. God, you love us. God, I, I pray today, God, just by your spirit, you would speak to each person right where they're at. God, you'd show them the goodness and mercy and then you'd lead them into goodness and mercy. God, thank you. I just want to thank you personally just for your incredible faithfulness all my life. While your heads are bowed, I want to, I want to pray specifically for three types of people. First of all, there may be people here today that you've never given your life to Jesus. You may have come to church for some time. Maybe you've never been here before. Whatever you, however you got here, God brought you here. Yeah, can we get the prayer teams? Come on down. And today, God can give you that goodness and mercy. And you can experience the mercy, the forgiveness and restoration and wholeness that only Jesus can bring. Or, or maybe you're like I was. I, I spent years running away from God. I had a time in my life when I would say, I'm not even sure God exists. God never quit on me. And through his goodness and mercy, he brought me home and restored my life. So if you either need to come to the Lord or come back to the Lord this morning, I, I, want, I want to help you. I want to pray for you. Would, would you do this? If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Everybody else should just be praying if that's you, all right?
Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com give. Also follow us on social media at hopechurchmt. Be blessed and have a great week.